Listen up. You waste 261 days a year when you wait for the weekend to have fun. I'm your host, Jenna Palak, and on my podcast, Fun on Weekdays, you can expect me to have honest, vulnerable, and sometimes not so fun conversations about what it means to balance the relationships in our lives. When you stop waiting for the weekend to have fun, you maximize every day of your life. Fun means something different to each of us. That's why I'll have guests from different work industries to share the highs and lows of their careers while making time for fun and what it means to them. We all work different jobs and have different schedules, but I think we can all agree on the importance of finding little moments in every single day to have fun and find fulfillment in our lives outside of our careers. Tune in to Fun on Weekdays podcast every Tuesday to hear from myself and others who believe that weekdays can be just as fun, if not more, than the weekends, if you make them. Now who's ready to have some fun? Okay, here we go again. Round two, Emily and I just recorded an entire hour and 10 minute long episode only to try and transfer it to my computer to realize that there was no memory card in the freaking soundboard. So we're going to just start again and recap our entire conversation. So ready? Take two. Welcome back to Fun on Weekdays podcast. I am Jenna, your host, and I'm here with my BFF, Emily. Hey. (laughs) Emily is my friend from high school. She's in town for the weekend, just visiting. Mm -hmm. I had... I really, really needed a girls weekend. Yeah. Like so badly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we came. It was so much fun. I know. It was such a good time. And I feel like I love my friends in Austin, but there's just something about your like hometown friends that when you, especially when you haven't seen them in a long time, it's just like so much more sweet. Yes. And it's like, it's almost like a refreshing change of dynamic or something. You know what I mean? Like you haven't been with those people in so long and you're like, oh, yeah, These people are so much fun. <laughs> we were both like, oh my God, Tessa's so funny. We forgot <laughs> how funny she is. Abby too. Yeah. All of us though, we're all like, wow, we're so funny. Yeah. We actually all were like, I think we're the funniest versions of ourselves when we're yeah. all together. Yeah, for sure. The first I think night, it's because we feel the most comfortable with each other because we've just known each other for so long that it's so easy to just be yourself. Yeah, you know? I do too. And also when you have like new friends in college or after college, they just, like, don't really know all of the inside jokes mm-hmm. or, like, the people yeah. that you're still close with. So when you're talking about things, like, you just completely have to break, bring entirely new memories yes. together. Yes, and that takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of times when you're hanging out with a new friend, you're just kind of, like, talking about your past. But they have no idea. Like, they were yeah. not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's like talking about a dream. Yeah. You know, Literally. like, the, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and you weren't there. Yeah. I love to talk about my dreams, though. Yeah, so do I. And, you know, Abby hates it. Abby thinks it's so ridiculous. She's like, it's not even real. I don't know why you're telling me that. (laughs) I love to talk about my dreams, but when someone else is telling me the story of their dream, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know. If I try to tell you, you're like, that's it. Just sit and just blankly. And I'm like, okay, she doesn't care. I just give up. No, girl, I care. No, I know. Not that much, though. Not enough to, like, listen. No, I listen. It's a difference. There's a difference between listening and actively listening. Yeah. But it's like, what kind of what kind of conversation can I contribute to a dream yeah. that's just completely fictional? Right, right. And that's what goes through my head. I'm like, whatever. There's <laughs> nothing really to say back to that. But anyways. Anyways, this is Emily's second time on the podcast. Second she, time. She was on it in October of last year. Yeah. 
So it's kind of crazy. It's been almost an entire year, and I feel like we both have really blossomed into young women. Mm-hmm. Well, we've gone through a lot of major life changes, which I think is natural for this age in our life. But Definitely. Emily sure. moved to New York. So the first time that we recorded the episode together, Emily was just moving to New York City. And yeah, I'd been there for like a, like two weeks, actually, and then I came for ACL. So I was shocked that you actually came because I was like, oh, there's no way she's going to come because she just moved to a new yeah. city. I don't know how you made that work. Yeah, I don't. I just was like, okay, I want to go there. Because <laughs> I came to Austin for New Year's that year, and I had so much fun. So much fun. So I thought, yeah, sure, I'll come back. Well, and also my favorite singer was at ACL, and I had never seen her before, so I really, really wanted to go to that. Gracie. And then we almost missed it because my friend Jenna over here had to record a podcast that she procrastinated on. Oh, my God. I remembered that. Yeah, and so I went by myself. <laughs> and you went to, was it, did you, oh, no, you went to Gracie Abrams, yeah. and then we all ran to Tate McRae. Yes. And we got there, and it was the, the very last song. No, and you guys got there before me because they, like, st- her and her friend stopped at, like, uh, what was it? Uh, I don't like know. Like a little shop like a or something, and I ran. But I went in a different entrance than them, and they got in two songs before me, and I got in, and it was 20 minutes before her set was supposed to end. Anyways, the last time she was here was ACL. Yeah. And we haven't seen, have we seen each other since then? You came to New York. Oh, I did. I came to New York in the spring, in like January time. Yeah. And I actually did that last minute um, fun on weekdays meetup. Mm-hmm. And the, the brunch. That oh was so God. much fun. That was so fun. Yeah. I think back to that. Honestly, I think it was at that moment when I was in New York and we did the last minute brunch. It was like bottomless mimosas. I think there were like maybe 70 girls that showed up, but it was during the snowstorm and I was like, wow, this was so fun. And I think that's when I got back on my event kick was after that. Yeah. No, that was so fun. It was a good time. Yeah, it was. We, Me and Mara were so hungover, me and my roommate. <laughs> we got there. We were so hungover, like still drunk from the night before. And we just got drunk on mimosas till 3 p.m. I remember And then that. we went out the rest of the day. You did. And I was going to change my flight because I felt... I had so much FOMO. I was like, oh, everybody's like, everybody had just made friends from brunch. Yeah. And then you guys were going out with a group of the girls that came to brunch. Mm-hmm. And Mara's like, just change your flight. But yeah. I, I had to leave. I mean, you know. Also, I just don't really think that New York is that fun in the winter because it's so freaking brutally clo- cold. Yeah, well, me and Tessa were just talking about that because Chicago is pretty similar. And you just have to make the most of it. Like, you have no I choice. Know. You have to just, like, shiver in the line. No. But you do get to wear cute coats. Okay, that is one thing that I miss about Texas is that there's just, like, no layering here. The yeah. only layering you're doing is layers of sweat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I feel like that's half the reason I couldn't move to a warm state because I love fall and winter clothes way too much. Oh, I know. It's so good. Yeah. Love it. But anyways, so, yeah, I moved to New York in September of last year, and then I... Didn't have a job for a while, so I was just living on my savings. That obviously did not last a very long time. Sorry, Jenna's fixing my mic. <laughs> it was a little muffled, you know. Just not muffled to me. Yeah, no, it's good now. Okay. Just trying to give like the best listening experience yeah, right. so they can really envision. Yeah, right, totally, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and I got a job at a serving uh, at a restaurant, like right by my house, and then I finally got my real job. Took. About eight months before I got a corporate job that I wanted. Oh, I didn't realize. I guess I didn't realize it, it was that long of a period of time. I, it To me, it felt like, because I was watching you from like an outside yeah. perspective, I feel like time just goes by really, really fast. But it felt like you were only there for like 
a month or two. No, I was only in the New- in New York for a month or two, but I was getting my master's oh. my last year, and then I was in school for the summer. So I was applying from like May to September. Yeah, or, well November, and it took a long time. And I thought I was gonna get almost every job. I was like, oh, that's the one. That's <laughs> the one. That's one. Every time, not the one. Not the one. And then finally, it just fell into my lap because I. I mean, I, th- I think it's a lot of trial and error and learning to interview. And I think that taught me a lot about mm-hmm. interviewing and how I can best present myself <laughs> as an asset. No, it was really like hard, though, because I wasn't I, I mean, looking back to the interviews I was doing at the beginning, they were I can understand why they didn't want to hire <laughs> me. <laughs> like I do think, though, like for me, I thought interviews were kind of fun because it's almost like a survey. Yeah, of course you did. What? <laughs> no, I, like, I love it. Yeah, no. But I was like quaking in my boots like I could barely see. Actually, yeah, my name's Emily. (laughs) When you when Emily was in Austin in October, you actually had a Zoom interview. Yes, I had a Zoom interview at a shoe company, and safe to say it did not go well. (laughs) That's okay though, because it all worked out. And I feel like everybody always stresses about thinking that it's like the perfect job or it's like the perfect thing, and they're gonna get it, and then it doesn't happen, and then Mm -hmm. you can just totally fixate on that, Mm -hmm. and then not be excited about other opportunities because just like looking in the past about what you you did wrong and the rejection of all the interviews you didn't get or all the jobs that they didn't follow up back with you yeah when i mean the universe is gonna give you what you need so (laughs) there were there were a lot of jobs that i applied to after college and i never got any type of response back yeah at all so yeah i mean i would send like three follow-up emails and they nothing (laughs) like okay dm them on instagram like don't really like my personality at all or something (laughs) That is the thing, though. Like, you just really can't see anybody's personality in a resume. Like, that's my issue. That's how I felt the whole time. I was like, so I'm like, if you just knew me. I know. Yeah. Well, I think this day and age, though, it's so different because you have an opportunity to, like, to be creative, I guess. Like, I think it's a lot more accepted and encouraged now. I mean, depending on your field. Obviously, some are, like, a lot more traditional than others. But, like, we both, well, you work in fashion. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like fashion values like creativity and individualism mm-hmm. and, you know, all that. Yeah, so yeah. I think you have an opportunity to do something kind of different. Yeah, I mean, like how your resume was. My resume does not look like a normal, like, Times New Roman one. But I definitely think that some people do that, and I think it could get you a job. I don't know. I definitely think it allows you to be in a more creative space, though. So I had a portfolio, and that's mm-hmm. how I got my job, because I presented my portfolio. I was, like, sick of trying to fit myself into the role and being like, I can do that. I'm, I'm proactive. I'm resourceful. I'm all of these things. And I fit Mm -hmm. what you say. And instead I just presented myself as who I actually am, which does align with the role that I was looking for. And then I got it. They liked me. So that's so good. So tell everybody what your first corporate job is. So I work at Ralph Lauren. I'm in merchandising. And I mean, I really couldn't have asked for a better first job. Yeah. I'm like so happy with it. And that's what I mean. Like it, w- it was not. It worked out exactly how it was supposed to, and the rejections led you to that. Yeah, exactly. And it taught me so many things about interviewing. I wouldn't have even known to have given my portfolio and like share my screen. Like that's so scary, but I did it anyways because I try. I needed to try something different. Like I spent eight months trying to get a job in the same way, and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So it it allowed me to learn that, and I think moving forward, that taught me a big lesson. Wait, where did you learn to share your portfolio? Did you read that somewhere? Did someone tell you that? Or did you just have an instinct? You're like, okay, let me try this. Yeah, I was just, I, she was telling me about the role and she wasn't asking me any questions about 
myself. And I was thinking like, I could keep like interrupting and like making this conversation, like, <laughs> like not flow properly. <laughs> or I could just wait till she's done and then be like, I actually have, cause I would send my portfolio in my follow-up email every time. I'd be like, Hey, if you want to check this out, if you want to learn more about me, but like after you're off the phone, they don't care about you anymore. Yeah. Like unless you like made a big impact, which like, I, you know, so I finally was just like, I'm just going to show them because it has everything they need to know about me. Yeah. And I can tell them exactly who I am and they can understand that this is like, I didn't just like write this while you were talking, you mm -hmm. know, like this is actually who I am. And she was so impressed. She was like, Oh my gosh, I love it. And it the was actually initiative. a temp role. It was like originally a temporary role. And then she, they liked me. So then they, Oh yeah. yeah. I, for, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, first, the, the first thing to dissect is I feel like you took the opportunity by its horns and you just oh, really yeah. grasped. Yeah. I railed it. <laughs> Had a really nice grip on yeah. opportunity. <laughs> but I think instead of like, um, just hoping that they would see it, you were just like, no, let me show you and make sure yeah. that they saw it. And then yeah. that was like the one thing. And then it worked. Yeah. I mean, it's not always going to work every time, but like, You'll never know unless well, you it was ever meant try. To work out that time, yeah, and it was because I every single person I work with is like, I have something in common with first of all every single person I work with, and it's just like such a positive environment to work, and I can't imagine a like I literally can't imagine a better first job. Mm -hmm. That's great, good for you, girl. Thanks. So it started as a temp role. How was that? No, it was just like I applied to a temp role. Oh, gotcha. and then like when I got the job offer, they made it perm. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got a curl? You got a permanent curl yeah. on your head? Yes, I did. <laughs> nice. I've so always my first day of work, I had really curly hair. I've literally <laughs> always wanted a perm. You know, my mom used to get them all the time. No way. Yes, that's funny. I've always wanted one, but I just never liked the smell of it. So I was like, nah. The smell? You've never smelled a perm? Uh -uh. Oh, it's a very distinct smell. Yeah. It It's like, you know how a nail salon smells like a nail salon? Uh -huh. It's a perm. Smells like a perm. Oh, okay. I don't know. Perms also just remind me of Legally Blonde, so. <laughs> okay, anyways. So you got your first job. Mm -hmm. Now you're living in New York City. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, you were serving yeah. in the meantime. Yeah. Okay. So how would you describe going from serving now to like a corporate job that's a little bit more structured, a little bit more routine? Um, it was definitely a big adjustment because I served all through college and I really liked it. I told Jenna earlier this week that I would serve like as my job if I, not if I could, because I know I could. But if, but it's just not what you want for like your future goals. Yeah, like you, yeah, you it doesn't to do build me fashion. towards a different future, a future that I want. But it's something I enjoy every single day. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't a like a something that I had to do for my income, that was like life or death, you know, or mm -hmm. rent or no rent, <laughs> then yeah. I would probably do it. But I think that the dynamic aspect of both jobs was something that really. Um, makes like helps fuels me and helps me keep engaged in the job because if I didn't have that I think it'd be really hard to sit at a, des a desk every day and do the same thing over and over again mm -hmm. so I I'm really grateful that I still have that but what I don't have is I work remote so I work a lot of times just at home from my desk so there's not a lot of like activity happening or talking to people outside of my like immediate team mm -hmm. and I think that's what I like the most about serving was meeting new people and talking to people and learning new things about honestly like the world and mm -hmm. just in general like things that I never would have known before if I wouldn't have talked to this like random stranger yeah I feel like also serving it forces you to like really be on your toes because like something random could happen in the moment yeah. and like you have to react to it immediately mm -hmm. versus working from home you have time to like draft a response yeah and you're not face to face with people so yeah. like 
you have to be so articulate with your words mm-hmm. because they're being interpreted by words and by reading versus like your overall yeah. body language. Mm-hmm. And it really helps you learn how to interact with people and to handle conflict a lot because serving in a restaurant, I think that's probably oh like God. one of the biggest places you handle conflict. Oh, it's yeah. And that was one of like the most important things to me because I really learned how to, um, what's the word? mitigate mitigate conflict I guess you know what I mean like I think a lot of times I was able to calm people down and I think that's taught me a lot about like how to communicate properly to not like make someone else feel defensive or attacked or blah 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 um but yeah so I I think that was I think that was a good experience for me and I and I'm really really happy I did it I think everyone should work in some type of service industry oh I definitely agree like my pet peeve if if I were to go on a date, this is just an absolute deal breaker. It's just not going to ever happen, and I can never like I can never look past it. Is if somebody is rude to a server, yeah. like especially being on the flip side of it, I just have so much more compassion for like people that work in yeah. service jobs because they just get so much shit from people, and the shit that they get has probably nothing to even do with like what that specific person is doing. Yeah. It's just like they might have had a bad day, and you're getting them like at their dinner. And yeah. then they're taking it out on you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I also think that you are thinking about work the whole entire time while you're serving. Like, if you just broke up with your boyfriend 10 minutes before you went into work, you do not have a choice. Like, you are you can't think about that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a nice break from, like, worrying about yourself. Like, you have to really just zone in and be like, I, this person needs water. It's really bad. <laughs> and I have to go get them a Sprite. Oh, fuck. I forgot the unlimited crab legs. Yeah. I have to go get a refill. Yeah, I have to go get a reorder. Don't forget to put in the system. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Emily and I worked at the same um, restaurant in college. We both worked at Pickle Bills mm-hmm. in Fairport. Yeah. Fairport, Ohio. Uh-huh. And it's on the water, so it's like a lake house vibe. Yeah, I worked there. We both were – actually, we had a lot of the same jobs. We Did worked you work at Carlone's? No. Oh, I cool. wanted to work at Carlone's, but my sister did. Oh, okay. And they didn't like Aaron, so she kind of tarnished. Yeah, they didn't like me either. <laughs> did they like anyone? <laughs> they like Brenna. <laughs> they love, they everyone loves Brenna, Yeah, though. everyone loves Brenna. It's, like, hard to not yeah, love her. Yeah, literally. Brenna's our other friend from high school. Yeah. She didn't come this weekend, but we missed her. It's okay. She's here in spirit, yes. and the next, the next trip we decided all of the girls are going to go and visit her in Indianapolis. It's where she lives. If anybody's listening to this podcast and live in Indianapolis. Tell us things to do there. Yeah, and befriend our friend Brenna. She is so sweet and funny. Yes. We love her. Find her. <laughs> Find her. <laughs> but basically going from serving and having like a break because, well, we talked about this in the first episode that we did, but you did an extra year of school because you got your MBA. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about like comparing yourself to your other friends and where they were at. Because while you were still in school, a lot of us had started our first jobs and like moved to different cities and we were just like starting a future. Mm -hmm. And I remember in that episode, you talked about just like comparison and stuff Mm -hmm. and putting a lot of pressure on yourself to get like the perfect first job. Mm -hmm. But now that you actually have like a job that you really like, how does that feel, I guess, like, is it what you envisioned mm-hmm. for your future? Like, is it what you thought that your job would be? Because a lot of times we want a certain job or we want to work for a certain company, but then you get it and then you're like, wait, this isn't necessarily what I thought. Yeah. But then you feel maybe a little bit of guilt mm-hmm. because you're like, well, I'm supposed to like it because I wanted this for so long. Mm-hmm. I think that I, in my last year of school, I felt very stuck, which I think is natural because my whole four years of college, that was not my plan. 
you know? So to do, to stay in that space again for a whole nother year and to have like literally triple the schoolwork than I ever did before was so hard for me to adjust and to kind of, I, I, I think I was ready to start a new chapter of life before I was actually able to. Okay. So I felt very stuck there. And I had all of these plans and all these things that I wanted. And I, that's the year that I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to grow and heal and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> journal. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, love, we'll talk about that. I love that. this conversation. Um, and so that was mainly the reason why, though, is because I felt so stuck and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I was trying to figure out ways to get out of it. But I think that sometimes that happens in life and you, you kind of have to sit in it because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had any of the things that I have now and any of the things that I asked for, I guess, during that time, all the things that I thought would make me happy, I wouldn't have them if I didn't go through that time period. And I wouldn't have even had time to figure out what my goals were in that way. Mm-hmm. So I think that I didn't have a very um, specific idea of what my first job would be, aside from the fact that I wanted to be in a good um, work environment, like a positive culture, and have a dynamic job, which I basically just told you that that's exactly what I have. Mm-hmm. And I think it has, after it happened, after I got the job, it always made sense that I would work there and that I would have the job that I have and just in general, like just all of it like clicked almost. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like that's yeah. why not everything else didn't work out. It's because this was supposed to. And then after I got the job and after everything else happened, I started dating my boyfriend and I moved to New York City, which was my plan since high school. I was like, okay, now what? Yeah. <laughs> like literally now what? So I started to think about like what I could do to find a little bit more passion in outside of work mm-hmm. because you thought I thought that everything I needed was from like job, love, mm-hmm. where I live, you know? Yeah, and then you but got all those things that you've been working so hard for and then you're like, wait, I still have something missing. Yeah, and it's not because any all those things in my life don't make me happy, but that there's, you know what I mean? There's other things that you need to like fuel yourself. And there, and I wouldn't say there's a lack of passion because I do like my job, but I also think that there is, when I get done with my job, like then what do I do? You know? Right. You have fun on on weekdays. weekdays. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's almost like you felt stuck. It's almost like you were supposed to be stuck. Yeah, exactly. Well, not be stuck, but like feel stuck so that you could reflect myself in the butt to go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah you can like reflect on what you yeah. actually wanted and then you work towards all these things and you finally got them mm-hmm. and then now we're at like our current place in life mm-hmm. where it's just kind of like I think a lot of people feel that way like you go to college you study something that you want a job in and then you get the job and then you get all of the things that you've always wanted and then you're just like well because that was always your goals yeah like through high school through college like your goals were to get your job and move to that city or do whatever and then you did it and you're like well now what are my new goals like mm-hmm. what's the next thing I'm working towards what's the next thing that I need to like nourish in my life totally so what would you say are those next goals so right now I am trying to build healthier habits mm-hmm. <laughs> so my main one is drinking more water because I drink no water but in terms of like long-term goals I would say that I eventually want to work for myself in some way I don't know exactly what that is, and I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to say that I know because I think it will come to me as I live through life. Yeah. And grow through it. And but I, I think no one ever actually knows. Yeah. Because even when you think you know, then again, like we just said, mm-hmm. then you get that. And then it's it's kind of always just like an ever, like Changing. a never ending loop of just, okay, what's next now? Yeah. Like you complete a goal and then you have, you naturally have another goal. And if you don't have another goal, then you're probably just going to like live in the same routine every day. Yeah. And that's probably really great for like a lot of people, a lot of people who love routine and habits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you though. I think it is important though to sometimes like sit in a space where like like I did achieve everything that I said I wanted to and that I wanted to. So I think it also has been a lesson for me to allow myself to just sit in it and be grateful that I got myself to where I got myself and allow all of those accomplishments to build confidence in myself to when I do know what the next thing that I want to do is, then I'll know that I can do it. I really like that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're just constantly wondering what's next and just like constantly. You're never feeling grateful for anything or like actually enjoying the moment. Yeah, true. I mean, I say this on the podcast all the time, but I've always said that I want to own a business. I have no idea what the fuck that business is. It ended up being fun on weekdays, but like, do, is that my long-term goal? No, not necessarily, but like, I don't really know what's next, but in this moment, I'm just kind of appreciating it as it is and just accepting like other opportunities that come my way. And then eventually I I do think that like the right move will come along, but you don't have to know now. Yeah. All you have to know is that, do you like what's happening right now? Mm -hmm. And if you don't like what's happening right now, there's like definitely ways. Steps you can take right now to help change it. And then like, what are those? And those are the questions you ask yourself. For sure. What are the questions you ask yourself? Um, it really depends. I feel like if you ask me that question, I have no idea, (laughs) like actually no idea. So I just put you on the spot. Yeah, no, I feel like I ask myself questions all the time though. I think that is my biggest, my, I don't know how to describe it, but I think that's the best way to learn and grow and change and be a different person, experience new things and have new things come to you and new opportunities and stuff. So like when I'm in a fight with a friend, Mm -hmm. I try to ask myself, like, if I think 100% it's their fault, I'm like, it can't be. Because mm-hmm. I know that they have a different perspective of what's happening right now. And I have to think about what they're thinking. and Or I have to think about what, what, am, what could I change or what can I control about my behavior right now that can shift this interaction or can shift the situation from not being so bad for me mm-hmm. if it's bad. Mm-hmm. Or if I am feeling stuck, like, why do I feel stuck? Mm-hmm. Or like, what are steps I can take to not feel that way anymore? Or like, why am I being so mean to myself? Or like, you know, and every time you have an answer, like ask yourself why again and constantly questioning yourself so you can find the root of, so you can stop doing it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, why do I not drink water? Like, you know? Why is it? Do you know? I guess I just don't prioritize it at all. <laughs> Same, same. And I th- and I should though because my skin is dull. On a scale <laughs> of one to ten, how like opaque is your pee? This is telling. Okay, well I've been drinking a lot of water these past two weeks. I've okay. been doing a really good job. Good for you, girl. Yeah. So I'm building confidence in myself that way. Good. <laughs> I should really take a lesson out of your book because water is such a simple thing that I feel like could make like a huge difference mm-hmm. in your overall energy and like overall health. Yeah, well, that's what Ethan says all the time. Every day he texts me that I need to drink more water. 
I need I need to set like a reminder <laughs> in my yeah. phone. Yeah. I think it yeah, just those little habits every day. And I actually did a podcast episode with Shelby Sacco and I mm-hmm. mentioned you to her earlier actually when we were in the car. And that episode still to this day is like one of my favorite ones. If I ever need like a kick in the butt. Yeah. She just talks so much about like the habit loop and forming a habit and then rewarding yourself for it. And then over time, like those habits are no longer a habit. It's just like a natural tendency that you just naturally do. You just started a new habit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was talking to our friend Maddie the other day about that kind of thing. And I think when it comes to like relationships and connections and stuff like that. All right, this goes out to all of my beauty lovers out there. I have been obsessed with makeup for as long as I can remember that my mom allowed me to wear makeup from watching YouTube tutorials after school to learning new techniques on TikTok, finding new products. I've always viewed makeup as a way to just truly express yourself and kind of change up your look depending on your mood every day. When it comes to skincare, I've only recently started to really prioritize my skincare because I've been dealing with a lot of acne and hormonal breakouts over the past couple of years. But it is no secret that buying new products and keeping up with your routine can definitely get expensive. Luckily for you, from August 12th until August 21st, Macy's is giving you a whopping 50% off of daily beauty offers, plus so many other great deals online and in store. Macy's 10 Days of Glam is only 10 days, so do not wait until the last day. Make sure you check it out before it's too late. You can find it at macy's.com forward slash 10 days of glam. I've also listed a lot of my favorite beauty products on my landing page, which is macy's.com forward slash F-O-W. I think when you even, okay, let's just give an example of like a relationship. Like you broke up with your boyfriend and you're like really sad and all you can think about is like, why me? Why me? And in those situations, like, in the past when I felt that way, because, I mean, I feel like everyone has felt that way in their life. Mm-hmm. I try to have, like, a kind of a second learned thought, and I'm like, I could just not perceive it this way. Or I can, instead of saying, like, why did they, why am I heartbroken right now? I can say, like, what can I do to make myself feel better right now? Like, what mm-hmm. is something, like, could I cook myself a nice meal could I like take a bubble bath? Could I mm-hmm. go for a drive? You know, like whatever it is. Or like just in general, like always having that second learned thought because eventually that second learned thought becomes the first thought because it replaces it almost. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a way that I've broken a lot of habits. Like instead of you constantly asking yourself after your interviews of saying, why did I not get the job? Like, of oh, course, yeah, I get the good. job. Yeah, that's good. You now started thinking about it and like, okay, what can I do to better serve myself to have like a better chance of then getting it Mm -hmm. and not just blaming myself? Like, what can I actually take action to do to make a difference? Yeah. yeah. How can I change this for myself? Because it's literally up to me. Like your whole life is up to you. And if you want to change something about your life, if you don't want to be sad anymore, Mm -hmm. like you don't have to. And it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of healing and a lot of reflection to be like, why am I hurting so bad? Is it because of something that just happened? Or is it because of something that someone said to me when I was like eight? And you're just holding on to those things. Or yeah. because you're, or is it happening because I'm allowing myself to like keep using that as an excuse to keep mm-hmm. going back to that instead of, because I think it's a lot easier to make excuses than it is to make change. And I'm really guilty of this myself. Like, I, I mean, I make a lot of excuses in my life. 
yeah. definitely. I think a lot of people do. And it's really hard to always hold yourself accountable because it's easy to blind yourself from things that you don't want to see about yourself. Like I could say over and over and over and over again that I always admit when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But if I if I keep telling myself that, then when I don't admit when I'm wrong, when I'm wrong, I won't ever see that about myself because I've already decided that I don't do that, that I'll put a blindfold on to that experience that I didn't do that and I won't allow myself to grow from it or change from it. So it takes a lot of um, releasing of your ego to be like, I actually was wrong. And once you do it, it's so, so easy. You're like, oh my gosh, I did not have to be like that. About that. <laughs> like I was being so dramatic. Like I feel like even when you get in fights with friends, you could be like, they were wrong, they were wrong. Or I could just sit back and be like, I see that I hurt their feelings. It's actually funny because this weekend, <laughs> I I feel like our group of girlfriends, we're all just very like confrontational with each other. It's either like if somebody is doing something that's annoying someone, we'll all just like kind of call them out. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, it's funny you say that because I think every single instance that we had of that, of getting annoyed with each other and we might say something snarky, almost like immediately after, or maybe like an hour after, we're like, I'm sorry I said that. Yeah. And then we just like all acknowledge that. But I think that just shows that we've all really, really matured mm-hmm. since high school. And I think it's just really sweet to see how everyone has like come so far on our own journeys, mm-hmm. like separately, all living in different cities and having different boyfriends. And, and that new we can friends. still experience each other. Yeah. In our new selves. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what friendship's all about, yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think it's natural to have disagreements, especially in like long-term friendships or relationships, like, I I mean, in anything, like you are bound to disagree on something. I think how you handle it Mm -hmm. is whether or not it determines if it's healthy or not, because we could have, we could have a screaming match right now. And then like (laughs) in two hours, if we can sit down and communicate with each other and tell each other that like, actually what you said really hurt my feelings. And that's why I was being like that. And then you say, well, what you said hurt my feelings. And then we can drop the ego and be like, (laughs) (laughs) no you know what I mean like let go of your pride and be like I I'm sorry or I'm yeah I've I think you know whatever I think that can translate with work really easily too oh because it's super easy to get into a disagreement with like your coworker or your boss or someone that you work with and then you kind of like hold that over and I think especially with your job it's not as common to like face those conflicts and and like vocalize how you feel because I think sometimes it's seen as like unprofessional maybe yeah, to be, like, more emotional. Yeah. My biggest thing with work is when someone tells me to do something that, like, I already knew that I had to do, and they email me, like, oh, do this. I'm like, I was going to do that. Just bumping you. Yeah, and I'm, like, I, I, I'm going to, and I, I think this has been a big learning experience because it's my first job, and I don't want to approach those relationships that way. Mm-hmm. So every time something like that does happen, I'll like have like a little bit surge of like, oh, I don't, I want to say like, I already did that or like, I, I know or whatever. Mm-hmm. But instead I'm just like, okay, thanks for letting me know. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like so hard to do it, but you know, just got to type it out. And then after I feel so much better, cause I'm not mad at myself for following a pattern I've always po- followed, you know? Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. It's a really good way to put like it. Cause like normally in my relationships, if someone told me like, like, if someone is telling me, you know, I hate this, when people put on the maps when I know where I'm going, and then they try yeah. to tell me where to go, I get so mad, and I don't know why. I'm like, I already know where I'm going. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> but, like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. You can put on the maps, like, because I usually make wrong turns, so. <laughs> True. True. But, yeah, so I think that's something that that can help, for sure. Just trying to take a step back 
Mm-hmm. I think it's also easier too when this kind of goes back to what we were saying about like serving and working like a corporate job where maybe you're working from home mm-hmm. and you have time to like draft an email. Yeah. You have time to draft a response versus like being in person or maybe working in an office and you're just immediately reacting. I think it could be so much harder to notice that in the moment. Like I personally have gotten really irritated with like certain situations or certain projects that I have or like someone I'm working with. And when you're on a call, it can be like really easy to just be passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. But I think the beauty of like talking to your coworkers through the internet or working from home is that you have the time to like reflect on yourself. Even like in relationships, like, cause I'm long distance and I feel like when we get in an argument, a lot Mm -hmm. of times he's working or I'm working and we can't call each other on the phone and talk about it. But I can take a second and be like, I need to process my emotions right now and figure out how I'm feeling before I respond. Mm -hmm. And then when I do respond, I have um, like a little bit of awareness about it and I'm not like attacking him directly. And a lot of times we have miscommunications. Oh, like because being long distance, I think that's natural, but we'll like, I'll say something and then like on the phone Mm -hmm. and then he'll say, get all like defensive and angry. And then I'll be like, what and then uh, then we'll hang up and I'll be like oh like and then I have time to like kind of unpack it by myself I think that's so important not Mm -hmm. just in your job but in relationships whether it's romantic or friendships to be able to allow yourself to process something before you react on yeah and integrate with someone else's like opinion or like you know what I mean like they're Mm -hmm. how they are feeling and just understand how you're feeling and then go to them before you mix it up with them yeah, that makes sense. Emily is also just always the best at giving advice. Like if we're ever arguing with someone or like in a little bit of a tiff, mm-hmm. Emily's always the person that you go to to vent about it mm-hmm. because she always has good advice. But I do feel like that is always one of the p- pieces of advice that you give is like, just don't respond right now. And just like take a moment to yourself and cool off because the conversation that you're about to have too isn't even constructive. It's just acting in defense because yeah, you feel as though someone's like attacking your, like your ego is not the right word but do you know what I mean you just feel defensive you take it personally yeah when it's not usually personal Mm -hmm. you know totally so yeah I mean I definitely think that a lot of people come to me for advice probably because I give it (laughs) Emily yeah okay so when we first recorded this episode we had a really great long conversation about friendship love languages and I think this is like a good topic to talk about especially when you're making new friends um, is that every friendship that you have is probably looking for some different type of quality mm-hmm. in a friendship. Like mm-hmm. I could probably list out what each of my friends, like what Does I am you, friends. Kind of. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I might not be like the exact same. I might not be giving this exact same type of friendship to every single friend. Yeah. I think it's just so, what's the word? Not differentiated. It's just so dependent on, who the relationship is with and what kind when of person. When you met them. Yeah, exactly. And what, what they kind of person need. they are, what what you needed from them at the time you met them, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, but I think it's really positive to have different relationships with different people. And I don't think there should ever be pressure to have one specific relationship with one specific person. And instead allowing yourself to accept each relationship as it is and nurturing it to the best of your ability so you can get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. what kind of friend would you say that I am to you <laughs> um <laughs> that's so hard I feel like 
you're definitely one of the friends I have fun with. <laughs> That's so fitting. <laughs> Are you just saying that? <laughs> fun on weekdays. Um, no, I'm not. I'm being honest. Okay. I think I have other friendships that are more, like, emotionally supportive. Mm -hmm. And, like, not one is better than the other. I just go to different friends for different things. And people come to me for different things. Mm -hmm. And I need every single one of them just as much as I need the other. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think that we spend the most time together when we're like do like you know what I mean like when we're doing something whereas like other friends I just go to their house and like sit with them and like talk to them yeah doing something like maybe spontaneous that like neither of us really ever do yeah. that often or like yeah having a different a new experience or mm -hmm. doing something fun together that maybe someone else doesn't have the spontaneity to do which is totally yeah. fine yeah but I do think that's like really good to have a balance yeah. in your friendships because over time you're eventually going to accumulate like a pool of different friends that they all have different qualities. And I think all of the qualities that you have in those friends are qualities that you want to see in yourself. And maybe that's why you're drawn to them. Oh, for sure. And I feel like there's a lot of qualities that you have that I like want to channel about myself that I channel best with you. And then there's other qualities that other friends have that I can channel mm -hmm. with them. Yeah, I totally agree yeah. with that. And I think the best way to find those people is you just have to know what you're looking for in a friendship and like kind of what you need. But you also just can't rely on that person to be able to just give it to you. Give you every single thing. Yes. Yeah. And I also think that the right friends and what you need in a friendship will kind of naturally come to you throughout your life. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like Mara, my, she's my roommate and Jenna's yes. little she came to me at when right when we moved we moved to New York together and she has I have a different friendship with her than I have with any of my other friends and mm -hmm. I think that was like one of the friendships I needed the most not just not even necessarily just in like the best ways but also in like the learning lessons I can learn from her and same with you like our experiences in college that we talked about last time mm -hmm. I that's you know like we we were so close to each other and we like experience those lessons together and then like other friends that I have I experience different lessons with at different times in my life I think that they teach you things and they also help you have fun and support you I like that that's so sweet of you mm -hmm. Emily is my friend that I go to when I want to like laugh yeah because I just know that she'll always like lighten and any sing. type of mood <laughs> yeah and I feel like lately too you're always like I know you always talk about how Lily is so optimistic, but I do feel like you are equally as optimistic. You just oh, maybe don't so notice. Nice. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I feel like you just maybe don't notice that quality in yourself because you compare yourself to other people in your life that you view as optimistic. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Whenever I'm like irritated by something, Emily is always the person that's like, well, are you actually irritated or is it just something about like within you? That you're projecting, maybe. Mm -hmm, or making you feel that way. Or is there something that's really bothering you and, like, this is bothering you more than it normally would or something? Totally. Like that. Totally. Well, those are just, like, the questions I try to ask myself. And I try to – I've been trying to ask more questions to my friends, like, when they come to me in situations like that instead of telling them because that's what I do for myself and that's what helps me grow and learn from my experiences so I don't want to just like tell someone something because I think a lot of times that can make people feel defensive and yeah like almost like they're taken down a peg 
when like that's never my intention it's always that like i'm trying to like no like listen this i this helped me mm-hmm. so instead i try to help like i try to ask questions to help guide them to to for them to figure it out on, on their, their own. own yeah because you can't you're not going to grow from someone telling you something like you have to learn it yourself and that's not to say that like i mean i have literally an insane amount amount to grow it. i like i, I think mean everyone, everyone does, does. <laughs> <laughs> jinx what do you owe me slice of cold pizza uh-huh. on the table with honey oh my god no emily got pizza with honey tonight Okay, it's good, and if you haven't had it, you should try it before you. It just kind of tastes like dessert. I, I, I yeah, don't know. Uh, yum. I you know my favorite flavor combination is savory and sweet together. I did know that. And <laughs> also that one cheese in the in the blueberry jam. Yes, yeah. from your aunt's. I, I yes. love that, too. That was cream cheese, but I think you're talking about brie, right? Cream cheese and blueberry jam yep. with, like, a Triscuit. No, a cracker, like a club cracker. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, I don't like Triscuits. Yeah. Just kidding, Triscuits, if you're listening to this. I thought you liked Triscuits. I don't know. I do now. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous now. <laughs> okay. But I, I think also in comparison to your friends serve different purposes in your life, mm-hmm. I also feel like activities and like the way that you have fun serve different purposes in your life too. And just as your friends evolve and change, the ways that you have fun, maybe with those friends or with yourself also evolves and changes to what your needs are in that time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is something that we wanted to talk about was like how you were in high school to college to now post-grad and just evolving and changing into your career and how just like every aspect of your life evolves, which can be a lot at one point. Mm -hmm. But I think finding those moments on like after work or before work or on the weekends, literally any time, any, any day is how you are able to determine like what types of things are serving your passions Mm -hmm. and getting you closer to whatever your goal may be for the future. Yeah. Well, I think in the last episode we were talking about affirmations. Yes. And in high school, a lot of my affirmations were very surrounding my physical appearance. So I'd write them on the mirror and lipstick and I would tell myself I'm pretty, blah, blah, blah. I'm so gorgeous. I'm so slim thick. (laughs) Why the, why did I I just say that? that. I know for a fact (laughs) that you've never said that. (laughs) I was literally trying to think of something and I can't think of anything actually. I honestly don't remember what I wrote. I just know that like I wrote it in lipstick on my mirror. And the reason I remember that actually is because I didn't know I was writing affirmations at the time. I was just like, that was like intuitively what I felt like I needed. I feel like affirmations kind of became like trendy. I hate to say it, but I feel like they did in the age of social media. Yeah, no, for sure. I think people just started talking about it more and Mm -hmm. they're like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you do that too? Well, I think it literally happened since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Because this TikTok stuck in my head. I saw it and it was about the Hunger Games, and there's this phrase in the Hunger Games that says, like, if you're not being cared for or entertained, then you'll start to kind of, like, look inward. Obviously, you know, you'd have to look up the phrase, but something about that, and how basically that was really what was happening during that time. Like, no shows were coming out. Everyone was, like, you really, all you had to do was, like, people started to look inward and to self-reflect, and Mm -hmm. I think that was, like, almost this, like, surge of focus on like like growth a little bit I don't think it happened to everyone but Mm -hmm. I think that was like a a very big trend that happened and I think it's rippled through so many things already 
I mean, even the fact that we're, like, talking about this kind of stuff right now. The way that we would never talk about this, like... A year ago, even, or two yeah. years ago. I mean, our episode last year, if we go back and listen to it, I mean, we we did, like, an ACL recap. Emily read my tarot cards. Yeah. And it was just, not that it was, like, surface level, but I don't feel like either of us were comfortable enough with ourselves to feel confident to, like, have a serious conversation, kind of. And not that this is super serious, like. Yeah, right. Or anything. <laughs> or anything. I really don't want to have a serious episode. Like, I just want to make people laugh sometimes. But I do think that. Yeah, we've definitely done, like, a lot of, what's the word, like, inner soul searching, maybe. Yeah, inner healing. Yeah. Healing. Yeah. And now we're able to be like this. Yeah, Maybe a little more sentimental. And I think you have a very different perspective of life as you start to grow, you know? Yeah. So, like, things that I, you just see through a very different set of eyes. And even, like, three months ago, I see through a different set of eyes than I do right now. And I think that's, like, so exciting. Like, to me, like, that is, like, so invigorating that I can continue to, like, shift and change and, like, move through life in a different way and see things that I never saw before, whether it's about myself or about the people around me. Mm -hmm. It just opens up, like, all new, a whole new world, you know? I think the key word that you said there was that you can Mm -hmm. and not... Like, you can, but you have to take action to be able to. Like, if you don't want to see the world in any other eyes, you don't want to experience anything other than what you know. Yeah, you won't. Then you never will. And then I feel like that is oftentimes a reason why people feel stuck is Mm -hmm. because you're just, like, not allowing yourself to do anything different to learn something about yourself. But isn't, like, that what life's all about? Like, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, um... I'll go back to the affirmations. Yeah, I was just going to say. So <laughs> got a little sidetracked. <laughs> I know, as we usually do. It's yeah. so hard not to, though. I know. So um, in college, then, we were talking about this in the last episode. Uh, I was writing a lot about, I felt stuck, like Jenna just said. I felt really stuck there. And I was writing a lot about how to change, what did you say? No, My you said that you started writing about qualities that, like, you wanted to be. Yeah. So instead of being yes. like, I am pretty, I am, I yeah, like my hair. Yeah, it was about what I looked like. It was more about, like, how how I felt. So, like, I wanted to feel more loving or kind or I wanted to feel less resentful or, you know, a bunch of things. And I would write and write and then, like, it, I would write rewrite the same sentence if I felt like I didn't actually feel it. And it would just kind of, like, shift and change as I would jot it down and kind of get into the zone but that was really hard for me for that period of time because I would do it for like two weeks and I'd feel no difference Mm -hmm. I'd feel like nothing changed and I it wasn't doing anything and like what was the point and blah 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 but I I mean I still just kept trying to do it because every day I tried to wake up and like shift my perspective and try to get myself out of feeling stuck because I didn't want to feel that way anymore but I couldn't leave where I was because I was still getting my degree so I knew that I had to try to change how I thought, you know? Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time doing that, and I felt like n- nothing was working. I felt like literally nothing was working and blah, blah, blah. So I finally graduated, or I was in my last semester, and I went home because my lease was up. And it was just uh, – I just started to shift, I feel like. I didn't really notice it, though. Like, I didn't understand mm-hmm. or realize it. Just kind of things started to change, blah, blah, blah. And then – my boyfriend from college, we broke up and then we got back together. Um, he called me and 
it was kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say it was what I was asking for because I kind of, I feel like I let go of the relationship for a while, but mm-hmm. I, he called me and I was like, oh my gosh, what? And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I was finally able to like almost accept it. Like I had like gone through like that year of my life to like heal almost mm-hmm. and like forgive a lot of people, not just him, but a lot of people for things. And he probably did the same during that time. And then we got back together and it was just like literally not even the same relationship. Like I can't even believe that I was, I can't even believe I'm yeah. being the same person that I was then. And then I look back at my affirmations now and every single one of them, I'm like, Oh my God, I feel that way now. Like that, that mm-hmm. did change. And that I do like that did shift and I do feel that way, but, and it took a lot of time and it, I didn't realize that it was working, but it did. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't think any change like comes overnight. No. And I mean, it can, like, uh, you can have a thought that you want to follow, but change only happens with, like, consistent patterns Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of keeping up with whatever you say that you're going to do, whether that's, like, going and doing something fun after work every day or going to work out or drinking water every day or trying to wake up early and make your bed. Like, you can wake up one day and have that intrusive thought, Mm -hmm. but it's not the same as actually following through with it. And that's why over time, like, I think the things that you kept saying that you wanted to be, like you just eventually started to believe it. And then when you did start to believe those things, that's when you started acting that way. Yeah. 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 You you started acting that way and and things started coming to you the way that they were supposed to, like Mm -hmm. with your boyfriend and with your job and then moving to a new city and getting all of these things that like you have been saying in your affirmations that you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Then you just eventually one day you just were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So powerful. So what are your affirmations now? What Like, what are your goals now? So it went from your external goals of, like, being pretty and being whatever, and then your internal characteristics that you wanted to be, whether it's, like, I want to be smart, I want to be yeah, ambitious. Yeah, I think it went from me focusing on, like, my physical appearance then to focusing on what I wanted to, like, embody. Mm-hmm. And then now I think it's... I have, like I said, everything that I asked for, mm-hmm. and it's more about what, what, how can I bring more joy and more passion into my life, more focus, more motivation, in ways that I never really like nurtured before. If that makes sense, like that was never one of the things I focused on at all, mm-hmm. like at all. And you've always been that way, and I've always admired that about you. Oh, but I never cool. felt like I had all of those other like check boxes that I needed to focus on that almost. I don't, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I almost feel like, I mean, for other people, it's like, there's not a specific order. I feel like for some people for myself, it's like, if I feel stable in my job or I feel stable in my future or something, then I can maybe feel more confident in myself. Mm -hmm. And then I can embody the characteristics internally that I want to have about myself. But for other people, maybe it's like you want to become a certain person before you feel like maybe you're capable of achieving like those work oriented so goals. Because I feel like I'm that and you're the other. <laughs> That's what I was just saying. Yeah, I know, but I you said some people as well. I was like, but yeah. I do think that like being surrounded by people that have different, different. Yep, ha- I understand. Not schedules. Yeah, but the way that they evolve helps you, mm-hmm. and just then different ways that they approach life I guess I know what you're trying to say I think I think we made a good job of trying to explain what we're thinking but I think anyone listening to this would kind of 
understand the message we're trying to send. But essentially, your goals now are kind of more focused on like your career and your future and like success and just more so not even all of those things, but like just building a life for yourself that you want of like passion and fun and Mm -hmm. joy. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my question is like, what are the actions that you're taking now to kind of achieve those things? I think I've thought a lot about what I used to do when I was a little kid. And that sounds so silly, but I think that you... I just got goosebumps, actually. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I think that you (laughs) inherently do things that, like, bring you joy as a child because you're not all, like, mixed up by the world almost, you know? Like, you're not so... Everything's so simple. Yeah, it's so simple. You just do what you want. You know, you just like do what makes you happy. So I try to think back to those things and do things that I used to do. Like I, me and my mom, my sister used to always make jewelry. So I bought beads and me and Aww, my sister. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. My sister was make, making like crystal like pendants mm-hmm. and they're so cute, but I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> no. So I bought like jewelry for like earrings and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. anyways, just like stuff like that. And even though it sounds like silly, like I don't really need to waste my money or waste my time doing something like that. I don't think it has to feel like a waste because it can feel like almost it can be therapeutic or it mm-hmm. can be almost just like fun. And it's something I'm creating for myself and investing time in myself to just like sit down and do a craft. I used to read all the time. So I've been trying to read more. Mm-hmm. Um I also have been trying to start sewing, which is not something that I used to do as a child, but that is something that correlates with my degree. And I think I could, you know, it's just something that, like, is an investment of my time that I know would show myself that I kind of care about myself. And Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing for me is that I think it's really important to almost treat yourself as if you're someone else. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like... I try to, like, love myself and be kind to myself Mm -hmm. in ways that I would want someone else to show to me. So, like, cooking myself, like, a nice meal and, like, or cleaning my room. Because if it was, like, my boyfriend or my friend coming over, like, I would want it to be clean for them. Mm -hmm. So I want it to be clean for me. Like, or I want it, I want the meal to, like, look nice on the plate for for my friend because like she'll love it so then I want (laughs) to do it for myself, you know, and stuff like that. So I just try to channel that joy almost in like every action even if they're mundane tasks like cooking Mm -hmm. you know well that's the thing too I think if you are doing it for yourself and your own enjoyment even those mundane things become like fun Mm -hmm. they become like the things that you look forward to doing for yourself yeah because you're like making time for like you said an investment in like your attitude towards yourself and towards just like life in general yeah and and I know you, we obviously talk a lot about fun on weekdays. <laughs> well, yeah, that is the theme over <laughs> the here, like fun on weekdays. In the, in the I know, for real. <laughs> I actually have a fun on weekdays sign on every single wall. Even on the brick wall, I have fun on weekdays cornhole boards <laughs> propped up. Like, no, she has this picture, and she's like, on the other wall, I'm going to, I think I might paint fun on weekdays on there. I'm like, every single wall in this little apartment has fun on weekdays on it she's like yeah I want that it's branded I just I don't want to ever forget the name you know like in case just in case something happens yeah never mind knock on wood <gasps> don't say that don't say that knock on brick fun on weekdays or fun in general doesn't have to be like I'm going out and spending all this money or I'm going out and doing this like specific um what's the word 
activity. event or activity. It can just be like that you listen to music while you cooked and you like sang to yourself or oh, you. We love to do that. Yeah, we do love to do that. We're totally going to record a song after yeah. this. Yeah, I love these microphones, so for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just like l- allowing like things that maybe seem small, like even like taking a walk in the morning, like it doesn't have to be like just a walk. It can be like. You can, like, look around and, like, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, you can find, like, joy and, like, romanticize every moment of your life. It doesn't have to be, like, surrounded by the event that's actually happening. Like, how we were talking about earlier, you can just change your perspective. And your perspective of those mundane tasks, those mundane tasks don't have to be mundane. Totally. It, it can be fun. And you can shift your perspective that, like, those moments don't have to come on the weekends either. Yeah. Because you can make that happen every single day, but literally only if you want to. Right. Only if you, like, want to think that way. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to think that way, that's totally fine, but I just feel like life will pass you by, and then you'll just kind of regret that time that you, like, didn't spend towards yourself. Yeah. Well, and I think that – I think we spend a lot of time, like, worrying that we're not doing the right thing, and we're not doing enough, or we're not having enough fun. Mm-hmm. But if you just, like, change your perspective – like, your life is fun. Like, I look back to, at times that I was like, oh, I didn't have enough fun. Yeah. But now I look, like, w- in the moment, I didn't think they were that fun or I didn't, like, nurture them enough. And then I look back and I'm like, those were really fun experiences. And I and I did have, like, a lot of fun there. Or I did have, my life has been, like, full mm-hmm. so far. I think it's a lot easier, too, to <laughs> reflect on other times and, like, be, look to the past and be like, oh, I wish I would have appreciated that in the moment. But oftentimes, I mean, how how often are we in a moment where we're like, oh, I really wish I was appreciating this moment more. No, <laughs> like you never have that reflection yeah. until it's already passed. And then, then you look back. Yeah. And I think that is so important to just like be able to sit in the moments that you're in mm-hmm. and show like so much gratitude and happiness that you're in a positive place or even in a negative place because those negative places are teaching you lessons to lead you towards positive places. That was a really good closing statement. Yeah, that was good. I loved that. Thank you. You guys, I'm so glad we actually ended up re-recording this episode. I think we did better this time. It was so good. Mm -hmm. It was so good. Yeah. Second time's a charm. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you haven't listened to my first episode with Emily, I have to warn you. You don't have to if you don't want to. (laughs) She didn't listen to it. She was too nervous. Yeah. It's okay. It is Maybe I'll listen back to it now since that's so far away. It's not even me anymore, you know? Yeah, you can look back and, and reflect on the growth. Yeah. And totally. reflect on how much fun we had during yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and show gratitude for that. Totally, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. Okay, uh, well, go and listen to that episode. It's from last October. Um, but until then, take it away. You want to say the last clothing statement? Which what do you want me to say? Oh, my last thing I usually say is, see you next Tuesday. Well, usually talk to you next Tuesday because... See you next Tuesday totally oh. means something different. Okay, I won't see you next Tuesday. And I actually won't see you next Tuesday or talk to you next Tuesday, but you'll talk to Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Bye, guys. Bye.